0: When Pip and I first started out in ordained ministry, quite a number of years ago now, we faced the greatest challenge in our marriage that would completely change us and our outlook on life. And it happened when we had our fifth child, and Pip became unwell, and we found ourselves with five children under ten. Life was very dark, and if I hadn't, if it hadn't been for a wise GP, a counsellor. And a loving church family, we probably wouldn't be here today. In fact, we we wouldn't be here today. Um, But we made it because of the grace of God. And because we chose to believe that God was with us and that he had some greater plan in mind for us. In other words, the darkness, as real as it was, uh, was not the end but the pathway toward a greater good and it's easy to say that now. At the time, it was difficult to say, but we had to hang on and believe it to be true in spite of the circumstances. So how do you see your life this morning? Do you think of God actively at work to help grow your character and also to fulfill some aspect of God's wider purpose? Or do you think of yourself as making your way in the world, getting most out of life, enjoying life, without any particular reference to God's wider purpose, or how you can contribute to God's wider purpose. Let me tell you two further stories by way of examples. My birthday is on the 18th of March. Um, That's not a self-serving piece of information, by the way. Um, But on either side, the 17th and the 19th, are the feast days of two very significant people in the history of Christianity. On the 17th of March, you probably know that we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick is, of course, the patron saint of Ireland, and he has a very interesting story. Patrick was born in 390 AD, and he grew up in a Romanized village on the west coast of Britain. But when he was 16, he was captured by pirates and taken as a slave to Ireland, where he spent six long years working as a shepherd. Think about what that must have been like for Patrick, to be ripped away from his family, his way of life, taken over the sea to a completely different people and language and culture. He must have experienced the depths of despair. But he eventually escaped, and after many adventures and difficulties, he was reunited with his family. And in the meantime, his faith in God had grown deeper, and so he trained for the priesthood and was eventually ordained bishop. But he then felt God's call to return to Ireland. And so he did return and became an evangelist and travelled all over Ireland, preaching Christ and God's love and setting up monasteries. The standing stones which were so prominent in Celtic polytheism were kind of recarved into huge Celtic crosses that we know and recognise today. Such was the impact of Patrick on Ireland. But think about this. When God called him to return to Ireland, the place of his enslavement and unhappiness, Patrick could have refused on the basis that the Irish were the very people who had caused him so much suffering, but instead he chose to believe that God had permitted his suffering in order to bring about some greater good, and in that way, good triumphed over evil, not immediately, and not without considerable heartache, but eventually God's purposes involved the transformation of suffering into the blessing of a whole people. And so we come to the other great saint of the church whose special feast day is the 19th of March, the day after my birthday. The saint I'm talking about, you could probably guess, is St. Joseph, the husband of Mary, who we heard about in our Gospel reading today. So what do we know about Joseph? Well, Joseph's ancestral home was Bethlehem, but he was living in Nazareth in Galilee in the north. He was engaged to be married to a young woman whose name was Mary. Now, to fully understand the situation, we must realize that in ancient Israel, betrothal was a legally binding commitment between a man and a woman. It was as legally binding as marriage itself, and in that way was not the equivalent of engagement as we know it today. So, you can imagine Joseph's alarm when he learned that Mary was pregnant. Who was the father? How did this happen? What was Mary's part? What should I do now? Questions must have flooded his mind. They were not yet married. And according to the Torah and the shame and honour culture in which they lived, Joseph would have been absolutely justified in reporting the matter and having Mary stoned to death, as horrendous as that sounds to us today. But throughout the passage, Joseph is portrayed as a good and righteous man. And he decides instead to divorce Mary quietly so as to spare her this fate. But just as he had resolved to do this, an angel appeared to him in a dream and told him to go ahead with the marriage because the child that was conceived was of the Holy Spirit. He accepted what the angel said and so became the foster father of and protector of the Son of God. But think about this: Joseph's life had taken a calamitous turn. Within his culture, the news that Mary was pregnant must have been utterly devastating. All his feelings must have been confusion and anguish. And yet he chose to interpret this situation within the wider context of. Of God's purposes. And as the narrative unfolds, he hears another angel telling him to flee to Egypt with Mary and the babe. Interestingly, I've been to All Saints Cathedral in Cairo and they have a stone in the courtyard in front of the cathedral with the inscription, Out of Egypt I called my son. The Coptic Christians and all Christians in Egypt celebrate the flight to Egypt by Jesus, Mary, and Joseph to this day. Now, um, this flight to Egypt, as it is called, uh, might sound rather prosaic when we first read about it, rather like a pleasant interlude or even a vacation in sunny Egypt. But imagine travelling hundreds of kilometres on dangerous roads with your wife and newborn babe, to a place where you had no support and no connections whatsoever. Again, this must have been confusing for Joseph to hear this call from the angel. And yet again, he chose to believe that there was some wider purpose that God had in mind for him and his young family. So Joseph, again and again, facing uncertainty and danger, chose to see his circumstances through the lens of God's purposes. He could have interpreted this situation through his own needs, that would have been natural and often is the default position that we have. But he chose instead to think about the wider purposes of God. So here's a question for us, how do we frame up the circumstances of our lives? At this Christmas time you may be experiencing tensions within your family. Often Christmas brings us into contact with family members we might not quite see eye-to-eye with. Or perhaps there's discontent or conflict between couples. You know, division of labour and all that sort of thing. Or young people wondering about their future. Or older members of our community experiencing declining health. Uh, Just in the last week I've been able to visit quite a number of Christians who can't get to church at Christmas. And there's real anguish around um, the declining their declining health, wondering what the future holds. In all these circumstances, we could choose to see them through the lens of our own ego needs. You know, how is this going to affect me? How do I feel about this turn of events? How do I look out for my own needs? That's certainly how Joseph could have reacted to the news that Mary was pregnant. But there's another way to frame up your personal situation and that is to ask what are God's wider purposes here? Could God be using me to bring about reconciliation? Could I be the one to bring hostile family members together? Should I really be holding on to that hurt and that grudge? Perhaps God is calling me to let it go and to reach out and to rebuild a broken relationship. Now, these might not sound like they're part of God's grand purposes in the scheme of things, not like the evangelization of the Irish, for example, or the protection and raising of of the Son of God. But nevertheless, God is at work in your life, and you can be sure that God wants you to be part of his overarching purpose to bring healing, to bring blessing and love into your family this Christmas. When Pip and I went through our darkest days, we chose to believe that God was with us. And that made all the difference in the world. It didn't feel like God was with us. We wanted him to to fix it and take the difficulty away. There was still the daily struggle. For a long time, things did not seem to improve. And many times, we waved our finger at God and said, why don't you help us? But we still chose to believe that he was there with us. And over time, things did improve. And what were the wider and greater purposes that God brought about for us? You might ask. That's the question I've asked of you. Well, we became more sensitive to those struggling in life, the battlers. We came to realize that the pastoral care of the church is so important. But the critical thing we learned through this experience was that we couldn't do everything, and we weren't some kind of super-clergy couple who could save the church. We learned that we were normal, broken human beings who needed each other, who needed the support of the church family. But most of all, we needed the grace of God. And we needed to realize that the name of Jesus in verse 23 of our gospel reading this morning was centrally important to us. Jesus was to be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So what's the take-home for us this morning? I think it goes something like this. Patrick and Joseph. By the way, I have two nephews who are Patrick and Joseph. They straddle my birthday. Well, their saint's days do. Patrick and Joseph are role models for us because they chose to interpret the calamities of life, not in terms of their own needs and comforts, but in terms of the wider purposes of God. And they accepted that sometimes God permits suffering in order to bring about a greater good. That is hard for us to hear, and I would never say that to a person in the midst of their suffering. But it is a wide and deep theological truth that applies to all of human activity. As difficult as personal sufferings are, is there a way you can frame the things you're going through so that you can indeed see God's purposes being worked out in your life. I pray we all have the grace to live by this wider vision, and through it all, to know that God is with us. Amen.